Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, talking a little bit of high school football like we always do, or unveil our rankings, talk a little bit about a recent player survey that we had, and a little bit of a weird kind of hodgepodge of football games last week and then this week too, Sponge. So um, hurricane week a little bit different around here. Yeah, definitely. You know, had some Monday night football, some Tuesday night football, there's some Thursday night football, and then we got our regular Friday night game, so, you know, teams had to adapt to a little bit of the scheduling change and, you know, play on different nights than they're not used to. And, you know, there, there wasn't a whole huge gauntlet slate of games, but we had some pretty decent games uh, over the first couple of days of this week. Yeah, it was a good, uh, like a good Monday slate of football. You know, last week we talked and we covered our, our three games last week that we had. Um, not a lot of action due to that hurricane, but we had a good mon- Monday night slate of games. And to me, I thought that revealed quite a bit of kind of who those district front runners are. And then you you look at the Tuesday games, and again, um, we had two two of three games on Tuesday night that were district implication. Let's talk about these games. You know, a couple from from Monday and Tuesday night that kind of caught our attention um, from a district angle. Sponge, um, you know, Jackson last night beat Rebolt, and kind of thought that was going to happen. We thought it would be Jackson. Um, maybe a Jackson Reigns for district championship, although Reigns plays Rebolt this week in the Northwest Classic. So that'll be a good one. Uh, Bishop Kenny over Wolfson, Bowles over Episcopal in district game, Bradford over Keystone Heights, another district game. The Mighty Bucks of First Coast, 36-6 over Inglewood. Yeah, that winning yep. streak hits four for them. Um, some other district games, Flagler Palm Coast over Ponte Vedra, Fletcher over Parker, Middleburg over Ridgeview, St. Aug over Matanzas, Swanee over Taylor County. Um, Baker County over West Nassau, so a lot of district games. A lot of, you know, any of these surprise you on Monday not, and Tuesday? Not, not really, because I think when we talked about it, we kind of looked at the schedule going in, and we kind of looked at the favorite and the team who was probably supposed to win, took care of business, and it kind of it kind of showed that way when they played on on Monday and Tuesday night. Like I say, we, we you know Episcopal had looked good all year, kind of hadn't played anybody, and then you know Bowles was on that. Mm-hmm. That several game losing streak finally got you know the offense cranked up and kind of pretty much wiped the floor with Episcopal on that one and some of these other games too you know were just not even close and competitive but you know districts getting into district play is big so you know moving forward these teams who win you know who won these games are obviously going to have to play you know against the the other favorites in the district and you know so it's just good to get that first bit of district play mm-hmm. going so you can start getting the win so that you know you can get ready for the playoffs or you, get in the playoffs. You mentioned Bowles, Episcopal. You're looking at, you know, different teams obviously, but Episcopal on paper entered that game undefeated. Yep. Um, Bowles entered on a losing streak that they had not had a three-game losing streak since 1988, the year before Corky Rogers arrived. I believe it, it stretched over even into 89. Um, so a, a historic losing streak for Bowles. And maybe Episcopal felt a little confidence, but you, you look at the schedules that a lot of these teams yeah. play, and when it gets to district time, and I think we touched on it last week, you know, with DJ Moore missing it and, and losing games that you're not that you, you have this losing streak, and it looks desperate, and people say, "Oh my, is Bowles on in trouble?" Or you know, you lose these games that are non-district games, yeah. and people start feeling like dang, are things off the the rails and stuff. It's similar to Nice. You know, we touched on Nice yeah. last week too. You have a bad start, but still, you're playing games right. that technically don't matter yet mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're district games. And Bowles gets into that district game against Episcopal and beats them 45 to seven. Yeah, I think it's basically just like you said. You look at who Bowles lost to. You know, they lost to Brunswick, Trinity, and Benedictine, two of three state all, champs. Exactly. So, th- those are all three games that were just like that's a brutal stretch. So mm-hmm. you're just hoping you can get one or two of those wins, 
you end up losing all three of them. But then you look at who Episcopal's been playing, and you know they've been beating up on teams that are just terrible. So mm-hmm. Bowles really probably isn't as good or as bad as their record. You mm-hmm. know, they probably are a little bit better than where they are, even though they lost the games that you know the teams were better than them. You know, ranked higher, whatever, however you want to put it. But Bowles has the better players, has the better roster, and you know it showed up when you win a game forty-five-seven. Yeah, and you're you know historically. You know, Bowles is, is a yeah, better owned, program, yeah, totally. you know, in, in terms of in state pedigree and everything with 11 state titles. Uh, Episcopal still trying to get there. Good start, though, for Episcopal. But, again, when you get into those games that matter, you get a Bowles team that's seriously refocused. Yeah. Even though you're not fully healthy, D.J. Moore didn't play again. Yeah. No, Ethan Brown's um, been pretty good at quarterback yes, right now. He's, so he's played pretty well. You win the games that you have to, and for Bowles, these are the games you, you must win uh, because from a, from a ratings point, if you're going to rely on that – it's not looking good. I think Bowles is ranked like 23rd or 24th um, in their classification in terms of those rating points. So if you don't win your district, again, it's going to be similar to what we see in that uh, that 4S, that 4 suburban classification with Bartram and Creekside, Oakleaf and Fleming and Buholtz. If you don't win that district, you're probably getting one, maybe two teams into the playoffs as an outsider, uh, one of those at-large bids. But, you know, if you're in a bowl situation, if you don't win your district, you're probably not getting in uh, yeah. to the playoffs. So you've got to win those games. You've got to win those uh, those district matchups that really matter. How about First Coast over Inglewood? We were talking about this a little bit before uh, we came on here. But Marty Lee and the Bucks, their best start since 2014. They're 4-1, four four-game winning streak. And are the Bucks back yet? Yeah, the Bucks are playing good. Yeah. You know, I got to give them the credit. You know, they, you know, started off zero and one, then routed off four in a row. I think a lot of it has to do with quarterback play. Tisdale's come down uh, as of late and been on fire. Mm-hmm. He's been hitting. You know, the receivers have been running open, and he's been hitting them. And offensively, they've been they've been getting their they've been gaining their stride and scoring some points. You know, usually First Coast will always have a pretty solid D. They always got good athletes, so they're gonna play good defense. But, you know, when you got good quarterback play and Tisdale's been lighting it up, that you're going to win some ball games. Yeah. Now, now, the question is, you know, when they have played some of these tougher games, their, their schedule, in my opinion, has been a little light too so far. Mm-hmm. But that's what you do. Take care of business and win the games you're supposed to and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may and when Inglewood, you got to play against somebody To me, Inglewood is not they terrible. Have, they have – Inglewood definitely over the last two or three seasons has gotten to be – a better mm-hmm. program than where they where they were. You know, they've they were perennial doormats, you yep. know, for a while. And now they're at least they've they've gotten some players over there. They got some good coaching going on. You know, they're they're going up, but they they've just they haven't found their way to win some of these yeah. games. So to me it's it's you know, you have those different tiers of gateway teams yep. where you're in that you're Inglewood, you're trying and I think you've escaped that bottom rung yeah. of, of gateway teams. For sure. And you're into that next cut yeah. of gateway team. It's like Jackson was trapped yeah. there perennially right. after yeah, Kevin yeah. Solomon left. And, mm-hmm. you've, you know, you were in that barrel of, you know, Jackson to me was in there with Wolfson and Stanton yeah. no, and Paxton were, for years. They were bad. And Inglewood was in that mix too. And they have climbed up steadily um, and, and done a decent job over there. Um, but you're just you, you have to win those games like the first coast games to get into that next rung yeah. of teams. But I like where Inglewood, I like the progression that they've shown. But first coast to me, they've done something this season that they've. I mean, they were 0 and 10 last year yeah. on the field. Uh, that's so what I'm saying they got, you got to be feeling good. You're winning yes. ball games, not losing. You'd rather win than lose, obviously. But you know the, that's the thing is do what you're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win, and then you know maybe get an upset, mm-hmm. beat a team you're not supposed to beat. And then you know, see where you are. But like, I think definitely 
you know, going into like last year, we were talking about how First Coast has been one of the most disappointing teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about how they haven't been really relevant since DeAndre, and it's been a while. And First Coast just, you know, you lost all respect for what they got going on. You just haven't been able, they haven't been able to beat anybody yep. good. And you know, now at least they're winning games again. Yeah, so it's a, that's, it, that's to a me, thing. it's a it's a feel good story with First Coast and, and Marty Lee. His time as head coach and he's been in the system forever. Forever um, has is is coming to a close and. You know, after last season, I know Marty didn't want to go out with an 0-10 record on on kind of his resume, and they actually picked up a forfeit win, so it was 1-9, but 0-10 on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good season to see them kind of churn out, and Tisdale has been has been playing well. Um, it's going to come down to them and first for Dim and Fletcher for a district championship, yeah. provided nothing crazy happens with a uh, Parker sneaking in there and, and uh, winning some stuff. But which I think I think that we talked about that. I think that is a good matchup and mm-hmm. that's a game that I'd definitely like to circle to see cuz you know Fletcher's you know Fletcher's been good defensively the last two seasons with C4 he's been trying to get that offense clicking it's it's starting to to get better They're starting to generate some more points on offense so that matchup right now looks like a good game you know when that for basically for the district championship yep and i i think it's going to come down to them barring something crazy uh with Parker sneaking in there Parker's offense just doesn't um just doesn't scare me at all um, they've really regressed, and even when they were good and, and notching district title uh, a couple years ago, they've struggled putting things together on offense. Seems like Parker's defense can win the games. They were in that Fletcher game on Monday night. They were up 12-7 in the second half, ended up losing 28-12. to So just not a lot of our offense coming from Parker, and uh, C4's got the Senators feeling good. They're 4-2. and two. It's going to come down to, to them and First Coast for that district title, which is good. It's It's a gateway conference throwback. It's Duval County versus yeah. Duval County, and it's going to be a, a good kind of a throwback to uh, a better time for both of those programs when that game comes to pass. Okay, you know, Jackson beat Rebolt. We thought that was going to happen. Not a surprise there. How about Bradford? Unbelievable. 38-0, another shutout. And kind of you look at their record this week, it goes up from uh, 4-0 to 6-0. reason for that, uh, they beat Keystone Heights 38-0 on Monday and also added a um, – the the, the cancellation of another game, Baker County. They were up 21-0, uh, closing in on the, the end of the first half there when Lightning suspended that uh, weather in week one. Makeup game was supposed to be this week. Baker County elected not to make it up and just take the uh, take the loss and have that game stand at half. So Baker County goes from 4-0 to 6-0. Um, they are, uh, excuse me, Bradford goes from yeah. 4-0 to 6-0. and And just a great Debut for Jamie Rogers back in the state. Yeah. That that defense is phenomenal. They've allowed seven that, points all season. That's ridiculous. It, this this team was a surprise team for me because I, I kind of knew about. That. There's there's several kids that uh they were on the seven on seven radar for me. So I, I know you know their running backs, some of their DBs, some of their receivers, and and they have legit dudes, man. Mm-hmm. They got some guys that are very underrated. Some guys who are like Khalil Cummings is mm-hmm. is going to be a stud at the next level in college. Uh, Manny Covey is going to be a, a baller at the next level too. He's their running back, and then uh, Dijon Shanks is like a slot guy. He plays yep. quarterback. He plays DB. You know, he's like their Mister Utility guy, and like they, they got some players. A and, lot of these guys are and, brothers of guys right. who already played there. Exactly, and, and, and we're really so good. I already knew kind of like they were on my radar going into you know last last season into the into the uh, into the spring, you know, early into the year, and then you know I was I was expecting big things from them, and I knew week one. I was like, that's like kind of my upset special. Like I felt like Bradford was gonna be sneaky good and then they went in and mm-hmm. did what they did to Baker twenty one nothing. 
and they've kind of just been good every single game. Seven so points all I'm, season. I'm like, I'm I'm intrigued by the how they're going to finish out too. Yeah, I, I I think they're going to win the rest of their games, but you know, when they get to the playoffs, you know, who who do they match up with? Right. And, and some of those things down the line is going to be the big thing to see. But I I love what they got going on down yeah, the start. It's been, and they've not been a bad team. They were no. a very consistent program under Brian Tomlinson. I remember they played Rams yeah, I was, in I the was state. Mad, I was mad when they lost last year in the playoffs. Yep. Like, I felt like they were better than the team they ended up losing to. And they were state semifinalists a few years ago when they played Reigns. I don't know if you remember yeah, that game. Yeah. Uh, Reigns went down and, and beat them pretty handily. But they were a good program under Brian Tomlinson. Uh, they changed directions this year and got Jamie Rogers, pulled him back from Georgia. Uh, and we now know what Jamie Rogers did at both Swanee and Baker County. Uh, great success there. So nice to see Jamie back in the area and doing well. Um, and that Bradford team, just scary good. Um, and they have just went out and justified it kind of every week of the season. Yeah. Um, that's going to lead me into another good story this year. And, and Bradford's going to face this team later. How about Palatka? Yeah. They beat Toy Creek 26-21 on Tuesday night, a huge district win in that game. Um, and it's going to be Bradford and Palaka for a district title, um, provided no crazy upsets occur. Uh, but Palaka is off to its best start since 2003. And it's uh, Jim McCool's last year uh, leading the Panthers, kind of an iconic coach down there in Putnam County. And this year, Patrick Turner, he's a former guy at Menendez, his second season in charge of the Panthers. And, man, they are putting it together, 5-0. and oh, Yeah. Cooled off a very good Tequoia yeah, Creek Tequoia, team. Tequoia and, was hot, and they, they, they took it to him last night. Yeah, and, you know, if, if you've never been to a game at Palaka, there's, it's, a, it's an old setup, it's a cool environment, and just seeing a good a game down there when Palaka's good. Now, Palaka's been very, 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 very lean yeah. since Jim McCool left. And it has not been good times. They've cycled through coaches. Um, and it's just not not been good down there. But Patrick Turner's got him feeling it. The vibe is going good down there. And when you're watching football in a small town environment, a stadium like that, people are bought in. Yeah, it's just it's how, small town that's football. Fun. That's fun stuff. When it's when it when they're good. Now yeah. I, I don't understand how Palatka, being one of the only shows in town, has been so down for so long. They've just cycled again, cycled through coaches. They brought Willie Offered back, former Palatka guy. Wilson Edwards has tried to get it done. Kyle Rice. They've just not had that success. But Patrick Turner, he did it at Menendez, and he's got Palaka feeling it. It's going to come down to to Bradford and Palaka. I like Bradford in that game. Yeah, I like Bradford right but, now. But, but uh, anything can happen yeah, no, exactly. in those crazy games. You get into a ball game, you know, who knows? Just, the, the football guys might not be on your side that night. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So um, so that's kind of recapping last week's last uh, week six and a half games. Uh, some good ones on tap Friday night. We'll get to those in a minute. But before we do that, let's uh, jump to our uh, rankings. We'll count down from uh, from 10 to not, ten to one for me. I dropped Fleming Island this week. Uh, they were idle. They play on Thursday night against Oakleaf. Or excuse me, uh, Bartram on Friday. Um, so I dropped them a couple spots down to ten. I've got Range nine, Bishop Kenny eight, Bradford seven, um, University Christian six, Ed White five, Creekside four, Jackson three, Bartram Trail two, and Trinity Christian one. So not a lot of uh, movement from mine. I believe my top six teams stayed the same, and just a little bit of fluctuation in that bottom half. Yeah, mine pretty much stayed the same. I didn't really change too much. Uh, I've got Trinity 1, Bartram 2, Ed White 3, Creekside 4, Jackson 5, Bradford's up to 6 for me, uh, just because, like I say, we just said that they've got two wins in one week, you know, got the the, the 21 mm-hmm. nothing beat with Be- uh, Baker County. Uh, Fleming's at 7, Reigns, UC, and Bishop Kenny round out the top 10. Okay, so, so same, pretty, pretty much, pretty much same, same teams. Got the same teams, a little shuffled up orders, but... It'll, it'll shake out because a lot of these teams are going to play each other, and 
you know, like we just said, Fleming kind of dropped in yours. Fleming's kind of dropped in mine. They were the number one team in Clay yep. County, but hey, they got a big it's, game. They got a big game to show they us do. if if they're back or if they're, you know, who they say they are. Yeah, you know? that's true. So before we look into uh, to week seven, um, it's something I throw out there. I did a preseason survey for players and ask them all types of questions and. You know, before the season, they answered these anonymously, and and uh, we released that last week, towards the end of last week. And I'll tell you, throw these out to you, Sponge. You agree? Bowles voted the the top team in the area. Yeah, I could definitely see that, just because yeah. I think it's the the namesake. You know, who they've been, how many state titles they've won over the, you know, their whole career. You know, Corky, mm-hmm. all, all that, the, the nostalgia of the Bowles school. So I, I could definitely see them them being number one. So it's, you vote early in the season before everything goes. So Bulls had 21 of 109 votes. Trinity Christian had 18. They were next. Jackson and Reigns were, were tied for third, and Bartram Trail for fourth. So it seems yeah, like the that, players largely got it right. Yeah, no, I would say, I would definitely say that's pretty. So I would say those are the best teams in the area right now for sure. So with the exception of you know Bulls, a little bit of ups and downs. I I, I still think in a in if you're just looking at programs, you said give me 10 teams right now. I'd probably still put Bulls in there yeah. as you know, with a healthy DJ Moore, I right. think I think they're in there. But yeah. um, that's uh, well, year in and year out. Bowls yes, is usually yes. There. So like again, they're having they had their worst losing streak ever, like you said, since '88, '89. But again, they they're going to get in a district play here. They'll probably turn it around. And they'll probably end up being seven and three, mm-hmm. and then you'll forget about those three losses in a row. Then they can make a little run in the playoffs, and then you say, hey. All in all, it was a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. You know how how good can they do in the playoffs is the next question. They do have Buholtz later in the year, so oof, yeah. <laughs> so maybe not seven <laughs> three, but uh, you you got to get healthy. Okay, top players in the area, Sponge. Um, offensively, you always expect to see recruiting kind of dominate these questions. Yeah. Best offensive player in the area uh, was uh, was Orange Park offensive tackle Rod Kearney. Uh, second was Nice quarterback Marcus Stokes. Third was Trinity. Uh, uh, running back Treyon Webb, fourth Episcopal receiver Corey Scott, and tied for fifth were Bowles offensive lineman Brendan Black and Colin Hurley, Trinity Christian quarterback. Oh, Any Bush, you getting some love there? Yeah, he he was a, in that in the mix. So, what are your thoughts yeah, on I mean, if you're I, if you're ranking those what's guys? What's weird to me is like the kid the kids would be like, I'm going offensive lineman. You know, that's mm-hmm. just, I would think that you know Stokes and Webb for namesake just because they're like the skill guy and the quarterback. Would have probably been one and two, but hey, give 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 the big man some love. So you if know? you're if you're re-ranking these right now, if you're yeah. putting those guys in order of the, of these guys that were mentioned, would you who would you pick as your top three among the the, the list that the players put I would there? Go, I would go. Uh, I probably still go Webb one, just because I know how valuable he is to that to Trinity and his running game. Even though Darnell's been excellent too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't even watched Big Kearney up there up front. And Orange Park's struggling. Obviously, they've mm-hmm. only won one game. So, you know, but that's just a different position because he's not, he's not collecting stats. I mean, pancakes and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, Stokes, obviously, we, we talked about him. And Nice has been very disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, another, another bad outing last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you had to shuffle him around, I mean, he, he just hadn't had a good season. Um, Corey Scott, he's one of my seven on seven guys at receiver. He's been pretty good. He's been electric and, and lights out. And obviously, Colin has definitely all of a sudden stepped up and mm-hmm. become a major passer for Trinity's offense. So, I mean, if you had to shuffle them around, I'd probably go Webb, Kearney, and then go maybe Colin, 
then Corey Scott, then then maybe Stokes five. Yeah, you know, just I would I would probably agree with you on the top three. I would say Trayon at number one. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. He's going to take a lot of that defensive focus. Um, man, he has taken some hits this yeah, year well, in the games I've seen. Exactly. Everybody's after him. Totally. He he's got the bulls out on the front, the back, everywhere. Everyone wants to. It's kind of like when Derek played. You know, we want to shut you down. You're not going to rush for a hundred. You're not going to score touchdowns. We're we're shutting you down. And so teams are loading boxes and all that stuff. So you know the, he's, the he's, exception with Derek was yeah. you could load, you could it, you could put fifteen guys it, up front. He'd still run for exactly, hundred yards. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I would actually I would say my top three would be the same as yours. I would go Trey on um, Rod Kearney at, at number two, and uh, I would, you know, Colin Hurley. To me, Colin Hurley in week one not a factor. Right. In week six, he is a factor. He's he looks he looks legit, and definitely. I think that I think that the growth with him is he feels comfortable. Behind the offensive line, mm-hmm. um, he's he's comfortable getting out of the pocket and throwing the ball, and he's developed the rapport with his receivers. Mm-hmm. And you know, Miles Burris has looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Colin has really. I, I went into this season saying that I thought Tremel Jones was the best quarterback in the area of that sophomore class, and I, you know, I, I made the tide maybe turn a little yeah, bit for yeah. me. I think Colin has really, uh, really looked well. So those would be my top three guys: um, Trayon, Rod Kearney. Um, again, if, if Rod played on, a, I think, a better team, yeah. uh, it would be a little bit more visible for him. Uh, but a lot of this has to do with recruiting, players hear names, totally. and uh, that tends to be a little bit more. So for me, I would say Trayon, Rod Kearney, and Colin Hurdley would be my top three offensive guys of that list. Now, defensive, Sharif Denson, Bartram Trail yeah. cornerback, was voted yeah. I, nearly 2-1 to one over the, the next guy, Grayson Howard. And, and here's the thing. both of, I, I said Sharif, too, just because – Corner, you know, is a, such a high-profile position. You know, corner mm-hmm. on that island. Can you lock up? Can you lock up the number one receiver for the other team? Can you, you know, can you shut that side of the field down? And he's been pretty good. He's been pretty solid yeah. his whole his whole career there. And you know, I think he's been a lot of that too goes off of uh, namesake mm-hmm. and you know recruiting. So he's a Florida commit, and Grayson had fifty offers. He could have went anywhere too. But I think Grayson's a heck of a player too, man. So yeah. you can't go wrong with either one of those two yeah, guys. I, Sharif, uh, we met with him earlier in the season and or early before the season started, and he said he wanted to do more this year. Yeah. He wanted to, you know, again, it's kind of like a Jaheim Singletary. Yeah. You, you, you look at him as freshman and sophomore year, and you got numbers, you yeah. get tackles, you're getting picks. And junior, senior, you're not getting much. You yeah. know, teams stay not, away from not you. Not getting and, any kind of love over there. And, throwing you the ball. Yeah, and Sharif, uh, to his credit, said, I just need to do more mm-hmm. uh, for my team. And I think you've seen that a little bit more this year. Um, he blocked a field goal in the Ponte Vedra game. He's he's just more visible this year. Yeah, I'd like, uh, to, see him, I'd like to see him on offense a little bit, man. I mean, yeah? I don't, I don't, I, like, do some Charles Woodson. You need to talk to <laughs> Sutherland and say, hey, man, get this guy uh, get this guy a nine ball. <laughs> That's right. So Grayson Howard was the number two guy. I would probably inverse those guys. Yeah, you could totally I, do that because Grayson's a freaking – he's a beast. Yeah, man. to me, I think Grayson Howard is – is. Uh, we mentioned dinner our midseason um, kind of conversation that Grayson was, to me, if I had to pick a defensive player of the year at, at week yeah. five, Grayson Howard would be it. Yes, yeah, man, I, I'd love for Grayson to get off that edge, man. Give me some sack. Like I know mm-hmm. he's playing the Mike linebacker. He's the middle guy. He's your field general. He's your quarterback of the defense, you know. But what's crazy is you think back to a lot of these guys who who are like studs in college. Sometimes the tweener guys, you know. I go back to like Jeff mm-hmm. back at Trinity. You know, he he probably played linebacker. Um, and he played a little. He, he obviously played defensive end at Auburn, but you know, in in. High school, he was just a menace yes. off the edge. 
So, like, could you imagine Grayson rushing off the edge every play, man? Like, yeah, you're you're facing, <laughs> you know, in, in this level, you're probably facing offensive lineman who's maybe 220 pounds. Boy, put him at edge. Let's see what yeah. he can do. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I think Grayson Howard. Yeah, if, he's, he's, he's a game – like, both of those guys can be game changers, but, you know, Grayson might can affect the game a little more because he can rush the passer, can make, you know, bigger uh, plays, you know, in the run game where Sharif is just covering guys, you mm-hmm. know, and, and if he's not doing – things in special teams or blocking kicks and returning kicks and all that stuff, that's where, you know, things can change up. But I think Grayson definitely can be an impact yep. game changer type guy and just wreck shop. I, I think he's, to me, he's head and shoulders defensive player of the year. Yep. A couple other questions we asked in this survey and uh, new high school football playoff system is in place. Do you like it? Um, 64, more than half of the kids, that's so way too soon to tell. Yeah. 18, 18 of the responses said they were a fan of it. Um, six of them said they don't like it. So I, I do think it's a little bit early to tell. Yeah, I don't even know. What I, yeah. I don't even know if I like it yet. You know, I guess we'll just have to, like I say, just let it play out. So um, one of the other interesting questions, should high school athletes be allowed to permit off of uh, – permitted to, to earn money off of name, image, and likeness in high school? This is an interesting question. Um, Nose had 30, 30 votes. So, so, you know, so we're talking uh, almost 30% of the vote um, were, were no's. And 72, per, 72 uh, kids answered that, yes, you should be permitted Pay to. me, baby. Give me the bag. Come on. You, <laughs> so you, it, you already knew that question, the answer to that one. So, yeah. you know, interesting to do that. Florida High School Athletic Association is being sued, actually, in, uh, in court in Miami uh, about this same issue. Should players be allowed to, to profit off their name, image, and likeness? So this is – Coming down the pipe, whether that's yeah. something later this year, next year, five years from now, this is going to be a major, major topic. And interestingly enough, that you know, a lot of the kids I talked to about this, and when I, you know, Rod Kearney, I talked to him specifically about it, and he said, "No, I, we should not be. We're still kids. We're yeah. still trying to make our name, and um, you know, we're still." And a lot of the kids who answered no to this were. It would upset the team chemistry, the balance right. of things in high school, and you know, for a, those are all good points. They very sure. good points. You know, I agree. I, I like just thinking about it. You know, something I really hadn't thought about just because, you know, it's yeah, it's going on in college. But what does everyone keep saying about up to the NFL, NBA? When these guys get paid, what ends up happening? They end up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've got paid now, so they're just not working as hard. They're not playing as hard. They're not playing as good. You know, the kids getting in college like. Oh, he got the he got the car. He's got the BMW. He's got the the Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. He's got the 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 Rolex, and he's got the you know just money from this endorsement, that endorsement, and then all of a sudden he's not even playing for the team anymore. He's he got benched by the backup, you know. So it's like, where's the incentive? I guess you know to let these guys. You start getting you go further and further in. So now you're going to pay high school kids who haven't even done anything at the college level to say this kid deserves that. So I mean, it's kind of tough because. On the, on the flip side, it's like, okay, well, if somebody's willing to pay this kid or somebody wants to endorse this kid or somebody wants him to be the, the face of his, their company, you know, how can you, know, how can you deny that? If, mm-hmm. they're, if they're willing to put up their money, you know, it's like it's kind of tough to say no. So it's like I, there's, it's double-edged, but I kind of lean towards some of the kids like saying there, there's – because it happens everywhere, hate. You know, people hate mm-hmm. on everybody. Like, why does this guy got this? Why does he got that? I'm better than him. You know, all that. So – at the youth level, at the high school level, you still want to try to keep the purest form of fun. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to be camaraderie. You know, you, you, you know, it's it's not that business like yet. Right. You know? It's like let's get out here and let's play this game together. 
let's win a state title, let's go to the playoffs, let's, you know, love on each other and locker room, brotherhood, all that. You know, that goes on up into college and in the pros, but I think it's still at its purest form still in high school, you know, because a lot of these kids aren't going to even make it to college. Yeah. So, you know, the the guys, put it this way, the guys who are going to get the bag at the next level, they'll get the bag at the next level too, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, Trayon and Stokes, they're going to have opportunities to get NIL money when they go to college next right. year. So Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, Trayon, when I talked to him about it, he was all in favor of it. Uh, Jordan Hall, the West Side yeah. uh, defensive lineman, he said no. Um, Rod Kearney said no, and these are all guys yeah, who yeah. are at the next level who will have that mm-hmm. uh, have that potential to do that. It is coming. The, the conversation yeah, no, as, sure. as uncomfortable as it is for yeah. a lot of people. Um, that conversation is coming. It's here. Uh, it's already being had at the, the the litigated portion of things. Other states have already even put in laws where it's allowing high school kids yeah. to, to earn California, New York, two yeah. of them. Um, so this is definitely coming down the pipe. And it's interesting. Next week we'll have a, um, a coach survey response, and that's one of the questions. One of the coaches, when I asked him, um, is name, image, likeness good in high school, he said, absolutely not. Can yeah, you but- imagine – you know, and for from you know, you're paying a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Let's just say hypothetically, ten thousand dollars, right. twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, a coaching supplement is not even that for is, the whole staff and whatever, all that. Yeah, and in Clay County, which I just looked this week, Clay County coaches got a fat pay raise, their first pay raise in about fifteen years, and that pay raise took them from six thousand three hundred seventy dollars for you know a full season of work to six thousand. Three hundred and eighty-seven dollars. So they got a seventeen dollar and fifty cents pay raise. So again, if you're talking NIL in high school, you're going to have kids potentially earning more than coaches. Yeah. How do you talk to How do you talk to that kid? The the coach who (laughs) who I was talking to about this, he said, "No, it it's it's bad because again, like you mentioned, Sponge, high school is kind of the last bastion of of territory, and it's it's not pure anymore because no. it's been affected by recruiters and yeah, you know, it, it's been diluted by so many things. But it's still technically here, the last bastion of mm-hmm. uncorrupted territory. So yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it was obviously like you said during recruiting years over the last 10, 15, 20 years, you know, the rumors of bag men and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, all that is there. You know, so but still. It, those are like your hope, high-profile guys. Those mm-hmm. are your top 100 recruits. Those are the guys who are getting recruited by everybody. You know, so the, that's still kind of in place in what it was happening 20 years ago, happening today. So it's like I, I get your right to, you know, earn and all that stuff. But, again, a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid making like double of w- what the supplement is for the whole entire coaching staff for mm-hmm. the high school, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like how do you even – control that kid how do you like, yeah how, how you gonna talk to me i make i make more than you yeah you know, shut up you know so like it, it's different in college because those college coaches are making millions upon millions of dollars yes. you know so the one I, the, when the coach who he who answered about that really kind of really truthfully and, and openly he said how am i gonna motivate a kid that's what i'm saying in high like, school I, I, that's the other to, thing to to say you know, you need to do this. And the kid, you know, if he's a good kid, he's going to listen and want to be coach. But, right. you know, when you introduce money into the fact, you know, you got a lot more arms and hands that, on, that, and on you, money. You become, you become comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have everything, it's just in life in general. Like, you know, you get comfortable. So, like, I know I, you want to be comfortable. Right. Like, I want to be comfortable. You know, so but, – but the thing about it is in this nature of the game, I just think, think it's sending a more of a, a bad message – as the younger and younger. So we're going to start paying Pop Warner kids. Like, 
hey, I'm going to, hey, 10 year old, I need you to go to Trinity. I need you to go to Bowles and you know, I need you to go here. And I'm going to give you some NIL money mm-hmm. to go to this high school. We're going to go to Reigns, you know, and then we're going to go to Florida and Florida State or wherever. And, and so, like, you just, it keeps on getting younger and younger. You're just diving in deeper and deeper. So it's like, I just, I, I, don't, I think coaches I don't see, are, I think coaches are worried that it's, going to become like we've seen in college there's yeah. no oversight in college there's yeah. no it's it's That's a, part it's of, a yeah, free-for-all yeah exactly you got the free-for-all with just okay who, this kid's getting that that kid's getting this then this kid can transfer here he can go there and there has to be some sort of and even in college you know regulation to it some sort of cap you mm-hmm. know all that it just i'm all for guys getting money i am and especially at college i've i've seen i know what happens in college college is like a mini business you know College ball, you're a student athlete, yeah. You're an athlete, student, all, you know. You're more of an athlete than a student at these programs, and you're making millions and millions of dollars for these these colleges that are, you know, getting TV deals mm-hmm. and all that. High school is totally different, man. It's it's still, you know, it's your local, you know, high school, your local mm-hmm. community, your lo- your teammates, your best friends you've grown up with however long, you know. You know, the state championship. It's kind of like IMG. You know, mm-hmm. like I, when IMG came around, it's like, I always th- think the kids like, why do you want to go to IMG? Like that's just you're it's going, pr- you're, you're you're going become, to college already. Like you're becoming you're, a professional. Yeah, I mean, earlier. I, don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't have nothing against IMG. Like I do what you do, but it's just like for me as a kid, you know, why would you not? If you're unless you're just on a sorry team, mm-hmm. you know, you're the best player on a sorry team, and you you know go play high profile games. But again, if you're a five star from New Jersey, the best defensive end in the country, and you're playing on a sorry team up there, and but you know. Try to win the the uh, the state championship for your team, and your community, and all that, and your best friends who you've grown up with. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to, you're going to be playing on national TV in in a year. Yep. You know, you're going to Georgia or Ohio State or wherever. So it's like, why are you fast forwarding your life? You know, just to go to IMG. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in some of these schools. So like, I just feel like that was you know like just play at Trinity, play at um you know Bowles, play at St. Thomas Aquinas. Play at Miami Central. Yeah. I- of, IMG is not yeah, taking, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the end of the bench players. No, exactly. And that's why, you know, the, when they play their games, it's like now it's like ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. they got like the best they, – they got the best player from every – like the three best players yep. from every team all over the country yep. now on their team. The three best from this school in Alabama. The three best from this school in California. The three or four best from this state in Texas. The three or four best players from Jacksonville. The three or four best players from Miami. And, and then they – all are on one team, like yeah. It's, it's really it's a it's like a barnstorming all star team, and that to me that's almost taking that that nil kind of professionalism and yeah. putting it at one school. And from a high school perspective, early and IMG again, class act facility oh, yeah. program I'm prestigious. Not, again, but I'm not even hating on the stock because it's getting some of those kids maybe out of bad situations early. Mm-hmm. They're getting prepped and ready to go for what's about to come because all these guys that go there are probably going to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I I would love to look at the statistics on over the last five years of guys who've transferred over to IMG, who went on to play big time college football and are in the NFL right now. Because I know I know a ton, a ton of them like are obviously balling in college, mm-hmm. and I, I've watched them ball in college. But you know those guys are basically preparing themselves for the NFL, and that's probably where they're going. But again, if you're the best player on your team. You know, usually you sh- that means you, you should be on one of the better teams in your city to mm-hmm. go win a state title, go go to the playoffs and all that stuff. That's it just it's that is fun to me, you know, thinking back as a 15, 16 year old kid, mm-hmm. not 
yep, I'm, I'm already, I'm already at this preparatory. I'm living in a dorm, and you know, you you got, you got four years to do that at the next level. Yeah, you know, so it just, I don't know. It's yeah, it's interesting. So it's, I do think NIL is coming, and and it's going to be a force again, whether it's this year, next year, something. It's coming. Oh yeah. Um, and and players, but it's interesting to to hear. Both sides of the argument. Obviously, when you introduce money into something, you ask kids about money. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah show yeah. me the money. Yeah. It, so yeah. I, I totally understand that. But it is interesting to hear. And I asked the same question last year, and the no's actually gained on the yeses this year. So that was interesting to say. Kids, you know, in when I did these surveys 10, 12 years ago, kids absolutely felt college a scholarship was enough in college. Right. Yeah, they ne- they said no, we don't need to get paid. I mean, it yeah. was overwhelming. Um, how that's changed now yeah, in the, the last tide, the five to seven of, years, yeah, it's yeah, pay me, pay me. But it's interesting to see this this number trickle back a little bit, where kids now are saying, you know, some kids are saying, well, maybe it's not such a good idea. So right. it's interesting to to hear those viewpoints and stuff. So we got a little sidetracked on that. Yeah, Let's yeah. jump ahead to uh, to week seven and not a lot, not a lot of big games um, to me from a district perspective this week. Yeah. We do have some good ones. Um, Nice at St. Augustine, really kind of a county rivalry there. Um, Fleming Island, Bartram Trail, huge district game on Friday night. Creekside at Oakleaf on mm. Thursday night, another big district game. Um, let's see, Baldwin against Yulee, that's a good game of kind of two surging teams, a district game as well. Sandalwood Parker, an old throwback to a gateway rivalry. Pontevedra at Bishop Kenny, a good one. See if the Sharks can bounce back, see if Kenny can win its second game of the week. Which of those kind of jumps out at you, Sponge? Uh- all those are good games. We've talked about that one district of death, you know, so I'll be interested to see Creekside Oakleaf. You know, we talked about Creekside. They've been, you know, one of the surprise teams of the year, uh, been out on a tear, mm-hmm. you know, played some good ball. Oakleaf had the big upset against Fleming, then kind of just, you know, fell off and lost to Childs the next week. So it's like, which team are we going to get from those those two? You know, they had a week off with the Hurricane. So I, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. And then – Fleming Island, we, how do they how do they bounce back from that that loss? Mm-hmm. You know, to Creekside, playing against a team like Bartram, who's been there, been the, one of the top dogs. They're five and zero. They're at the top of our uh, top ten. You know, they scored a ton of points the week before. So those two those two step step out to me as, as the leaders of the best games of the week. And it, basically, it's it's going to be like big steps into like who takes that next yeah. step in the district and for that title. You mentioned those two teams, those two games as being big and exceptionally big for Creekside and Fleming Island because yeah, those guys lose. already had exactly. district losses. Exactly. So you lose that game if you're Creekside, you're, fighting you're not field. making the playoffs yeah. as a district champ. You lose that game as Fleming Island, you're not making the playoffs as district champ. So yeah. those are massive win or else kind of games. Yeah. You're you're playing at that point for an outside, at-large berth in the, in your region. So that is massive implications for those two games um, as well. True prep coming to Bowles, see if Bowles can win its second game of the week. Bowles lost that game last year, actually. So it'll be interesting to see if Bowles can handle that, if DJ Moore's back this week. And then Saturday, we've got the big one, Rebalt at Range, Northwest Classic. Rebalt has to win that game. That's uh, beyond a must-win game for them with that loss to Jackson. Um, they're out of the playoffs yeah. if they don't win this game. So Definitely. this is a win a must-win game for Rebalt. Yeah, the Trojans, man, they've kind of kind of been struggling. They obviously got beat to Jackson uh, last night, and they they've kind of. What's weird about this series, you know, some of the times that where you think Reigns is the mm-hmm. better team, Rebalt surprises yeah, wins. and wins some yep. games. So I, you know, this is not the best Reigns Vikings team we've seen over the, over the past several years as well. So you know, it's it just who's going to come to play, who's going to who's not going to make the mistakes, and 
I like Reigns in the game still, just because I think they've got some better players. But I can say Reebok surprises come, yeah, come, come to ball in the Northwest Classic. One of the uh, the recent years, Reigns made it to the state championship game. They lost to Reebok in the Northwest Trojans. Classic. So it is a crazy rivalry and always one of the good ones. It's Saturday at 2 p.m. And uh, the last one, I think, Yuli and Baldwin. Two games, you know, Baldwin is for real. They've shown that. They drummed Baker County yeah. uh, the last time we saw them play. And then Yuli has put together a pretty good season so far as well, coming off a big win uh, a week ago Monday night against Tradition Prep, 49-6. to So Yuli doing it with defense there. Who do you like in that one? I like the Baldwin Indians, I baby. I do, too. I do, I like too. Them. Boogie's got he's – he's dialing it up on offense. They're scoring some points. They've uh, they've looked better than after their, uh, their loss early in the year. But – to Bradford, who's mm-hmm. smoking everybody right yeah. now. So, I think uh, I think Baldwin's got some uh, some some nice things going on offense. Uh, they're picking up the defenses uh, played played well of of late too. So, Yuli's done some nice things, but I don't think they've really played anybody yet. So, don't get me wrong; it's it could be a, a heck of a ball game, but I still like Baldwin to win in the end. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. So that wraps up another edition of the Varsity kind of six and a half week seven podcast. We'll uh, come to you next week, talk a little bit more about some uh, some coach survey results, what those coaches filled us in on, talk about uh, how week seven wrapped up, and then look ahead to week eight. For Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney, thanks for joining us.